everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Engage to Flourish podcast. This is Damon. I got Kyle and I got Brett here with me and we're back for another episode. Um, you know, it's been a couple weeks since Thanksgiving and I realized in our last episode, I didn't get a chance to ask you guys, but did you guys take advantage of Black Friday? Dude, I, I just I just want to say, why does he say Kyle and Brett? Why doesn't he say Brett and Kyle? I don't I don't know, dude. He's going he... by age. Oh, okay. <laughs> just I'm just checking. Or uh, let's say this: he's going by wisdom and maturity. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Well, actually, it's because on the the website I put Brett and Kyle, and then so oh, when I talk about it, it's the other way around. It. Oh, oh, I like that, man. He wants to bring fairness. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, Brett. How about you? So Black Friday, my wife and I were like, we need to not spend money. We spent, we bought a good amount of stuff last Black Friday, but this Black Friday, I think we focused on being able to buy some of our gifts this year. We were a little bit more prepared in that way. And so there's a couple of things we got for ourselves, just like, oh, this is on sale and we're going to use it, whether it's like for our dog or Brittany, you know, has some like uh, facial products like uh, soaps and different things and it's like well if I'm going to use it anyways mm. mine as well so mm. it's like yeah I'm I'm cool with that and then we were able to buy some gifts we're a little bit more prepared and ahead of the game this time it hasn't been as rushed normally it's like oh shoot we still need to get something um, but it's nice to be able to get a little discount not saying that we were just trying to get a cheaper gift for whoever <laughs> i'll keep them nameless but it's more like oh they have some pretty good deals and we're a actually able to get people more potentially so that's what our black friday was mainly like yeah ours was mainly the same thing just gift gift buying i don't even we've bought maybe a few things for us but i don't even nothing i can think of uh mostly yeah mostly gift giving things how about you damon because I'm staring right at something that looks kind of new across the room. So. <laughs> okay, let me give a little bit, bit of a preface. So I've had my uh, work computer for, I think, about seven years. And earlier this year, it started to fall apart. Like one of the keys was falling off that I use all the time. And then other buttons were sticking or it was just really slowing down. And so earlier this year, I was talking to Kyle. I was like, Kyle, I think I need to get a new computer this year. <coughs> And we were talking about it and they had just come out with like the uh, upgraded version of the computer that I wanted at the beginning of this year. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can get that one soon. And then Kyle was like, maybe you should just wait till Black Friday if you can and see if you can get it on discount. So I was like, okay, I think I can, I think I can get it to last that long. So I was come holding on, it. Come out. on, PC, you can make it. Come on, you can make it. It's not a PC, it's a Mac, <laughs> all right? All right. So I was, I was working real hard to make sure that I wasn't getting too frustrated because of how slow it was getting or how the buttons weren't working or falling off and and stuff. So I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I was like, okay, it's almost here. Black Friday's coming. And then right at the beginning of September, they announced the upgraded, upgraded version. So they even announced a brand new one. It's like, oh, shoot. They might discount the old, older, newer one because they just did it at the beginning of the year. But I don't know about this new one. We'll see. So then the week of Black Friday comes, and they had a discount on the new one. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get the new one. So I purchased the new one, got a decent-sized discount on it. I was pretty happy with it. Um, so that but, that was like two uh, weeks ago, right? Yeah, that, that was two weeks ago. I had it in hand right around Thanksgiving time. And you started using it the day after, right? No, actually, I didn't. <laughs> the only reason you're saying that is because every day that you see me, you're like, are you using the new computer yet? And I was like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had this I had this brand new computer, um, upgraded specs from the old one. I mean, it's seven years newer, so, you know, the other one had lasted its lifetime. But for some reason, there was something holding me back from really stepping into using the new one. Right. It's like in my mind, it's like, I know it's going to be better. The, the keys are all going to work the way that I want them to work. It's going to be faster. But there was something that was holding me back from actually using it. Making the switch. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of thinking about it. And I was like, oh, maybe this is actually something we should talk about on the podcast today. And, you know, when it comes to things like change, it's difficult even when we know that the change is going to be for the better or for mm -hmm. for good, 
right? It's like, I know that the new computer is going to be better, but the familiarity of the old one, knowing that I can get all my stuff done with it, even though it might be difficult or harder than it should be, just knowing that I can do it and has all my files, it has all my fonts, has all my preferences, has all these, you know, the habits that I've built using it for seven years. It's hard to give that up, even though I know that the new one's going to be better. So, yeah, Kyle's been pressuring me, so I finally stepped. <laughs> I finally stepped into using the new one today, and it's actually pretty nice. Although there have been a few hiccups that I've had to figure out, but it's been pretty nice using the new one. Yeah, man, so you, you got to put your brain to work in a different way, so you got to troubleshoot a little, and that that's good for you. Keeps you young, Damon. <laughs> Why you got to remind me that I'm getting old? <laughs> yeah, so I I thought you know the last episode we talked a little bit about identity and about how. God has given us a new identity as new <laughs> new creations. And, you know, this new creation is a good thing. It's a good thing for us. But at the same time, it can be really difficult for us to step into living out of that new identity just because we're so familiar with the old way. Mm-hmm. So I thought really this situation kind of parallels uh, that discussion. So I thought it would be good for us to kind of go a little bit deeper on that as well again. I think that the thing that stands out to me um, is I think we hear the phrase like step into a lot, like step into your new identity, step into where God is calling you, step into who he's made you to be. And I think we would all hope that it's like, okay, God, I know you've made me to be patient, caring, all these things. And then when we open our eyes from our prayer, we would like to be like, okay, now I'm just those things and they're just going to flow out. And while for some people, yeah, maybe God, you know, totally rewires you and stuff. But I think for the most of us, like the word stepping into, like even that is an action. Like stepping into something isn't just like becoming and then the old is completely forgotten and then the new is automatically what you do without even thinking about it. Like stepping into requires an acknowledgement and uh, intentionality in moving forward. And so even with like your computer is like you have the new one, it's all there. You could see it. The goodness is there, but until you open it, until you turn it on, until you do the things that you need to, to get it going, like it's just a nice thing to look at or know that you have. And so in the same way for us, like knowing that we have God and the things that he's given us, if we don't step into those things and intentionally do those things, work on those things, it's similarly just like, oh, it's a nice thing that we could look at or know that we have, but then we're not, you know, using the patience or the grace that he's extended to us. We're not showing that care or whatever it might be. And I think all of those things are easier said than done, but for me, that image of stepping into something is like, okay, it requires me to physically actively do something on my part as much as God has given it to me to step into it means I need to like embrace it. Yeah. You don't have to earn it, but you have to kind of activate it or like do something to activate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. You know, I was listening to a podcast this morning uh, with John Ortberg who sent you that podcast, Kyle? Uh, the one and only Mimo. <laughs> Shout out to Mimo because I know you listen. She'll, pre- she'll probably be listening on the drive home today <laughs> and she'll talk to me about it. Um, but it wasn't about this topic, but I think it it it, it um, connects because it talks about our mind, really. It's about we need to rewire the way we think and view and process things. But the quote was like this. Um, when it comes to beauty, our minds are like Teflon. So like things uh, that are, you can think of it, things of the Lord too. Like sometimes we have a hard time receiving that in our mind. It's like, it's, it's, we see it, we know it's there, but it it bounces off. Right. But then when it comes, this is the, the quote continues, but when it comes to negativity, our minds are like Velcro. So like we let the, the negative stuff come in, it sticks. So maybe even like thinking of you with transitioning to your new computer, it's like the fear, the apprehension, what could go wrong. What could, so that part overwhelms where it, it really probably is a small thing, but the beauty of it is, you know, it's faster, it's this, it's that. There's all these enhancements. It's cooler because it's black. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, 
but then it uh it's it's so true i think in 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 life we can be we can let the negative take hold and actually um overpower or overwhelm actually what god has given us and it, so mm. it looks like oh that thing's real small or it's real far away it's not attainable because we're letting that stuff um really what it's just it's a mindset uh perspective that we need to change do you think that that's like an inherent thing do you think that's like a spiritual thing like you know the enemies just just speaking those lies into us can you know repeating just so that that continues to be on our mind do you how do you think that that yeah i, I plays think out? i think <clears throat> i think some of it is definitely in the spirit spirit realm um there's some with personality and things like that okay i'll i'll go with this one um i actually thought of this yesterday i think it was that i i used to just tell myself and I used to believe that I'm a pessimistic person. Me too. Yeah. Me and Brett have talked about this before. <laughs> and I used to just say, well, I'm just a pessimist. So I see it that way. But I've broken that because I, not that it, not that it wasn't true in a sense that I can see the pessimistic side real easy. It, it, it pops up for me, but I used it and I, I made it more of my identity. So then that's just who I am. That's how I'm going to live. I'm going to see the pessimistic side. And so then it, but it robbed me of really what God had and what his goodness was. It, I, it cl- clouded it in my mind or in mm. my emotions. But now it's funny because I, I, I came across it, I think in a book I was reading and I thought like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't view myself as a pessimist anymore. I can still see the negative and I can, I can go there and I can see it. I don't, I don't think I'm a glass half or three quarters full. I'm probably more in the half full <laughs> area, but I, I'm more, I, I feel like I'm more balanced where then it allows me to experience more of God's goodness. Whereas before, I think because of that, I wouldn't be able to take on the identity that really he's given me. Mm. Maybe I'm going to have to hit you up for a prayer session then. Cause it <laughs> sounds like you uh, <laughs> have some authority in that area. Yeah, You've, you've left me in the dust when it comes to pessimism. No, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm a step ahead of you. Yeah, I'm 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 not kidding about maybe seeking help, but I I'm joking about leaving me in the dust. <laughs> I I think in a similar fashion, like, um, for me, my my mental health journey, I've always had to cope with dealing with a lot of anxiety, and when you have you know something that is diagnosed to you, um, and it it was something that really for a while took over my life in terms Mm. of like just being able to function. And so it's hard to not let something like that dictate your, your identity in terms of I'm anxious person. So everything I do, like I get nervous or have a hard time. And so throughout my journey, you know, with medication and seeing therapists and stuff, you try to navigate this. uh, I mean, you essentially navigate life with, okay, how do I, make it manageable or how do I cope with it? And I think for the longest time, there'd be times where I felt like, um, like a change in terms of, I think I've gotten past it or I'm able to manage it well. And then there's other times where it feels like it's fully consumed me. And so when I was younger, it was difficult to feel like I had a place to land on, on one side or the other. It's like, okay, well, am I an actually an anxious person? Am I someone who's very fearful and then there's times where it's like people would say i never would have thought mm. you dealt with that you don't seem like someone that gets nervous you don't seem like someone that has a lot of anxiety and so one of the biggest struggles would be school and so my mindset and approach to like change was once i got to college and i was you know dealing with uh managing uh, my disorder and, and just the struggles that I had, I had to like take a different approach. And I think to answer your question that you originally asked Damon, like it's, and it's not a cop-out answer, but it is hand in hand that like there is a spiritual aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's the aspect of like me believing those things and, and walking in step with those spiritual things and then, you know, pursuing that. And, um, you know, RIP, but shout out to Kobe 
It's not something spiritual, but his mamba mentality was something that, you know, he was known for. And it's this like killer mentality, right? But one of the things that really stood out to me that he said was like, they even talked to him about like when he lost or when he did different things or when he faced adversity, like how do you go through that? Like someone who's a winner, how do you go through that? And he said, really the mama mentality is like falling in love with the process. And so it was like, even when he lost, like dissecting why he lost, how he could get better, the things that he can stand on. And then it's like, you fall in love with, repetition and practice and and competing and getting better in those things so that the next opportunity you know you're fully prepared to deal with that and so i remember i would have such a hard time in class i would text my parents while in class like i don't know if i could stay in here i feel like i'm getting a panic attack and I, i had to change my mindset almost to like okay i need to fall in love with the process and so this process for me is like embracing that okay sometimes i do get anxious sometimes i do have a hard time but you know, looking at the things that I have done or the victories that I that I have had and to stand on those things. And um, I think for each of us, we all have our own journeys and like processes that we could look at in, turn, in, in terms of like certain things aren't going to happen overnight. And when it comes to change, even though change happens so quickly, there's still a process within that change. And I think it's some of us, we need to, fall in love with the process of, of growing and learning and changing, even if it's difficult, because like we talked about, there's a lot of times there's goodness at the end of it. Right. And so if we're only looking at the end of it, we kind of miss what God has in the in between. And then I think that's where the enemy could even detract us from getting to the goodness. And so long story short, I, I, I think, you know, we need, we obviously need God because there's certain things that we just can't handle on our own. But one way that I've found to help myself in those things is like falling in, falling in love with the process in terms of looking at it as this is how I'm going to get better. This is how I'm going to reach the goodness. This is how I'm going to step into what God has for me and seeing it more in that light rather than like, oh gosh, this sucks or this is hard or I suck or I can't do it or, you know, and and I still fall short of that sometimes, but that's kind of been my mentality when it comes to that. Even though it's from Kobe, I think it's a really good <laughs> one. <laughs> Kobe transcends, right? He transcends the teams. <laughs> well, I used to always tell people, I hate Kobe, but I really respect him because yeah. of who he will, like his, the Mamba mentality. I, mm-hmm. I really respect that. and But um, I really think that's a good word because I think our 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 society is so focused on end result, mm. right? Mm. It's like even in the NBA, since we're talking about Kobe, even in the NBA, now it's all about how many championships do you have, right? It, it's a failed season if you don't win the championship, right? And But as a fan, it's like I want to enjoy every game, not just the playoffs. And, you know, being a Clipper fan, we were not in the playoffs that much. So <laughs> I had to learn how to enjoy <laughs> every game because that's all you get sometimes. But I think it was in that same podcast that Kyle had mentioned earlier that they were talking about our lifestyle posture. Are we only rushing to get to the end or Mm -hmm. are we seeing the beauty of each of the steps of the way, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, one of the examples that they used was the story of Mary and Martha, right? And how Martha was, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. And she was so focused on what she had to accomplish. And all of it was you know, for the Lord. She was doing these things for Jesus. But then, you know, Jesus commended her sister who just sat at his feet, right? And she was doing the better thing, right? And so she wasn't taking for granted that Jesus was in the room with her. She was saying, wow, this is a beautiful moment that I get to spend with my Lord, right? And so I think for us too, that can be one of the shifts that helps us to step into this new identity is just recognizing recognizing the beauty of the process and the journey that we're on to spend time with him and be with him and not just the the end result of you know where society has always taught us is like oh when you get when you die you get to go to heaven right it's like well what about now what about what do we get to experience now it's like we get to experience jesus now and then when we get to, to heaven it's like the veil's torn off and then we're experiencing jesus 
forever. Yeah, I, I also wanted to touch on the aspect of it being spiritual. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts about, it, but I'll, I'll share a couple things about <clears throat> with change. And uh, so I'm I'm reading a book right now, and I already I already told Damon that when I'm done with it, I'm gonna let him read it because it's really good. It's called Indestructible. And it's about, it's a guy, he's associated with Bethel, their school of supernatural ministry, I think in Atlanta, but he sees in the spiritual realm. So he can see demons, he can see angels. And he's had that since he was a, um, maybe like nine or 10 years old or something. But I think the way he describes what he sees with demons and even describes that they're all different shapes, they're different this, they're different that, but how they're on people. So um, they're not People aren't possessed by them, but they're like afflicting them. They're attached to them, but they're attached because of something. Mm. So then like sometimes when we're trying to make change, we have to change behavior. We have to change our thoughts. We have to change different things. But when there's, um, there's wounds, there's fear, there's, we don't have a right perspective of who God is. There's different things because of that. Then those demons can poke. They can, he said he, he describes some of them where they have like a black, a bucket of like black goo and then he'll see them like pour stuff over their head and like they just kind of get confused or they kind of they it might cause like hopelessness or there's different things mm. and it's like oh yeah it totally makes sense like it's it's maybe deep inside we want to change but we have in the spiritual realm we have these things we have to clean up because mm. the enemy is using those to distract us to maybe scare us from making the change or different things but then it's cool, too, because that's one section of the book. But then he goes into how do we become indestructible? That's that's the thing. It's like how do we make ourselves where we can't be affected by that kind of stuff? And obviously, we're never going to get that way until we get to heaven perfectly. But he describes things like prayer, that power of prayer, worship, um, or some of the other ones. Oh, community. Um, and, he, and it's cool because he gives – he. Just he gives a little bit of teaching on it, and then he gives a lot of like examples. But then how you can combat that kind of stuff through these these ways, and then seeing the transformation in people's lives, and how those things that were holding them back from the positive change that the Lord was doing in their lives or wanted to do, that once they started combating it with through worship, through prayer, through being in fellowship and different stuff. All of a sudden, like three, four weeks later, that that demon's not there anymore. Like it's fallen off, and then these people are on like a whole different trajectory. Mm. So, just I wanted to share that and throw it out to you guys, and then see how do you respond to that, and what do you think about like the spiritual aspect of well, what's going on in the spiritual realm? Um, I I for long, I mean for for as long as I can remember, never really dove into the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. I think I was aware of it or knew, but not, it wasn't something that I, uh, kind of looked, looked into. I think being exposed to it more or just talks of it and an understanding of it to a certain degree. Um, I, I totally think, you know, there's so much that goes on that we don't see or we're not aware of. And I totally believe that and the ways that, you know, the enemy works, but all, and the way that God works and, and spirit. Um, I think most of the time my perspective is like in some of the, the tough things or the hard things or those, those things that maybe, um, that author would, would, uh, described as like people being attached to demons. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of take the approach more like not so much enemy oriented, which maybe I need to be more aware of that. Mm -hmm. But I, I look at more like the areas that are like struggles or hard, like you can find Jesus in there. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause I feel like a lot of the things that whether they're like sinful things or things that are, are struggle for us, it's like, there's an, absence of of god there and so yeah. um to me it's more like okay i want to find like where jesus is in this mm. right and like I, I i think that's kind of more of how i i view it i i think sometimes i don't acknowledge how the enemy is working enough mm. but 
um, from my perspective, I, I've tried to see like, okay, if I trust, if I know these things of who God is and his character, yeah. and if these things kind of aren't aligning, there's something off, right? And so I need to try to find where God is in this and then the other parts of it, you know, need to be gone. And so I think I've been, I've stepped more into like praying into the spiritual, just like God, things that aren't of you, mm-hmm. you know, in your name, mm-hmm. I, I ask you that you take them away and replace them from what is yours. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, I think I acknowledge it kind of like that. But yeah, I, I think I just try to find or try to see where I can find God or Jesus in mm-hmm. those those aspects. I think for me, this is an area that I feel like God has really been expanding my perspective on. Uh, started a little bit with cleansing seminar stuff, and but then really after we watched that testimony of that pastor from Africa, the mm-hmm. one that we talked about in, in a, a few episodes ago, I feel like that really kind of opened my eyes to a lot more to and a, a curiosity too, just to start thinking and and processing with the Lord and discerning. Uh, more about some of the things that are going on that we don't see. And so, yeah, I think those are some of the things that I've been wrestling with is like how much of this is a spiritual thing, how much of it is in the natural, how much, of, and, and just trying to discern what's what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think too, you know, in the Bible it says, do not let the enemy have a foothold, right? And so mm-hmm. earlier we were talking about the ways that we allow certain negative characteristics to become part of our identity. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes that those things can become the foothold, right? So if we have a pessimistic perspective and we say, oh, I'm just a pessimist, right? And then some a negative thought mm-hmm. comes into your mind. Well, you already there already is that foothold. And so you're kind of already in agreement with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when we make that agreement with it, then that gives it more power. Right. And so I think that's one reason that I think it's so cool, Brett, that you're doing, uh, you know, truth with our middle schoolers, because a lot of times we allow these different lies to become footholds for the enemy and start living out our identity from those footholds and start coming into agreement with these lies because we don't know the truth. And so because you're taking these steps to help our middle schoolers to understand and discern and learn the truth. <coughs> I really feel like that's going to help them as they get older to be able to recognize when it's from from the Lord or when it's from the enemy. And that'll just make life so much better for them. Yeah, like you, you said a couple of uh, phrases. Um, one was, uh, oh man, I just slipped my mind. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk on something Brett said first. Okay, but it it uh, yeah, it's not that book isn't about focusing on the negative. Mm. It's a really about like self awareness. Mm. So you're aware of the ways the in the spiritual realm, like the demons can affect you and they can have a foothold. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the the other word was agreement, but yeah. So like when we come into agreement with things, that gives them that opportunity to then mm. reinforce it in a in a negative way and get you off on a certain path. But I like because the book is it's informative to be like, oh, so when, when I have an outburst, I should be asking like, okay, what's, what's going on inside? Like, what, is there something I need? And, and not, not that everything is, everything that's negative is a demon or a, yeah, that, I yeah. don't want to go that way either, but it's like, oh, is there something that I, that I, that is festered in there and now it's bubbling out and I need to go, then I need to attack it through prayer, through worship, through confession, through community. Mm. So I like how he, he shows certain key ways that, the enemy can like, attack us, but not to bring fear because that's like one of his key ways of attacking us. It's like to highlight it. So like, oh, I need to combat, combat this with mm-hmm. this so that way I can be freed and I can be you know, doing what the Lord wants. But yeah, like when Damon, you said that thing about agreement. When we agree, and especially when we do verbal, like when I hear people, because I used to do this, I think myself, when you verbally agree with something negative, Oh, I'm just that way, or that's just the way it's going to be, or I'm I'm destined to fail, or I'm doomed, or just like you start speaking that stuff out. Yeah, you, you're totally inviting the enemy to just be like, "Yep, you already said it." So I, they they don't have a right to be there unless you have things like that. So I can be here and I can torment you because you've done that and you haven't repented of it yet. You haven't turned from it and you still believe it's true, and that's when they can just 
like, like in the, some of the stories, he would he would show like these demons like poking wounds, and like they just keep poking, and the person would just keep, you know, like on that same path. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I just think that's a really in the spiritual realm. I think trying to make change, especially like change that's for the Lord in in our lives. If we are aware and can start to um, detach ourselves from some of those lies, from from the fear, from the this or that, that's when we'll see like, oh, change actually is easier than I thought. But it's it's the other stuff that's holding us back. All right, I'll have to say I am not a pessimist. <laughs> I'm not going to come into agreement with that. I'll say. I'm a realist. <laughs> hey, that's what I used to say. To, I used to, yeah, you were laughing because I used to say that to kind of like, say, oh, no, I'm not a pessimist. I'm, I, this is being realistic. Is, I, is a realist still negative? <laughs> so you know what? For, but now I think it's just really the heart because I think I could say, yeah, I'm a realist. But before I would do it as a way to say, because I don't want to be labeled a pessimist. That sounds <laughs> very negative, right? So I would even just do that to convince myself. But it really was inside. I had to shift. Because now I think I am a realist. I, 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 that's just the way I'm wired, but I did it from a, a really an unhealthy place. No, yeah, things shifted for me too. I, I kind of jokingly embrace that I'm a pessimist, but I mean, I, I will, I know, I don't know how many episodes ago, Kyle, you said you were going to share, um, be honest and share some. Uh-oh, did I? Well, no, before you just said you were going to openly share and be oh, vulnerable okay, and stuff. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to have oh, one of those go. moments. All right, all right. <clears throat> When you said like coming to agreement, when both of you guys were talking about it and just things we say out loud, mm. there was a there was a, a point in time where I believed that whatever I was going to do, I would have to face, and it was going to be hard. Mm. Like I just felt like the the hand that I'm dealt, it's not going to look like what I expect. Whatever I pursue, is just going to be hard, mm. and it came to a point where. Like now I look back at it and it's a joke and it's funny, but like even when we adopted our dog, rescued our dog, right? When we got him, he, the first day we go to pick him up, his leg gets fractured. Mm, That's right. Okay. So we spend the whole first day with him waiting in the emergency animal place for seven hours on father's day, bring him home. My wife has to go to work, so I'm left with a broken dog <laughs> at our new home, and I almost had, okay, I didn't almost, I had like a mental breakdown mm-hmm. because I was like, anything I do, like, it has to be hard. Mm-hmm. Like, nothing I could do could just be normal, mm-hmm. right? And I'm referring to, and, and, I'll, and I'll be open and honest, I could sound like a complainer right now or like first world problems, but like for school, it didn't turn out the way that I wanted. I, I struggled. Sports, it, it derailed me. I had to take a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. College, took a bunch of detours, had to go a lot of health things, mm-hmm. work. Like there's just all these things were in my head. You know, I, I would think this is what it's going to look like for me. I see all these other people like, oh, they're able to find their career. They're able to do this. They're able to, you know, whatever. And it slowly started my expectation for myself slowly started becoming less and less and less and less to the point where it was like, okay, whatever I choose to do, like, it's just going to be hard. And I remember saying that for a while um, to the point where I think it even bled over to my wife feeling that way. Mm. And when I heard her say it and her feel that way, I was like, oh, like that needs to change because what I'm declaring, what I'm coming to agreement Mm -hmm. is now like over other people Mm -hmm. and not that for me, I was just okay with it, but there's something different when it's like, it was kind of like that reflection point for me to see like, Oh, that that's an issue. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would try to encourage her after that, even though like I had just said that Mm -hmm. and she would say something and be like, Oh yeah, like everything we do, like it is hard. Mm -hmm. And then I would tell her like, no, like I, I think we, we need to not look at it that way. And I never knew exactly like why that thing inside of me kind of like flipped, Mm -hmm. but I I can see how when you make those agreements, right? It's almost like this whole idea of speaking things into existence, Mm -hmm. right? There is some truth to it where when you come into agreement, the enemy's like, 
all right, I'm gonna give you what you asked for then because you said you're this. So it, it gives them a, him authority. Yeah, yeah, and, permission. Right? And so yeah. I think, you know, I'm still processing and and working through that because there are times in my head where I still feel that way, but looking at how like God's goodness or trying to come into agreement with those things and see how He's working, I could totally see how it is a big shift and especially for me personally, when I look to things that are hard, when I have the lens of everything I do in my life is going to be difficult or like it's not going to go the way I want or, you know, A, B, C, and D, like that's the fruit that comes out, right? Like that's what I get. And then when I'm able to to focus on God's goodness, when I'm able to focus on, okay, I, I just am holding on to this faith, even if it's a blind faith, mm-hmm. know that God has something for me it doesn't always make it easier to go through, but the fruit that I see or what comes out of it is always different than the other one. And so when you guys were sharing that, it just brought to mind that like I have, and and I probably still do declare certain things that I'm not even recognizing all the time that have that agreement or power or give authority to the enemy or uh, things in that of that nature. I, I think that's the beauty of this idea of change, though. It it doesn't have to be all at once. Mm. That's the thing. It's like one at a time. Like, okay, I'm going to change that perspective. And then you get a handle of that, and it's like, oh, man, because I changed that, now I realize, oh, man, I have this other thing. Oh, I'm going to deal with that now. And then it's not like you have to just become a perfect person all at once. It's just mm-hmm. one, just little steps. That's the, the point of, like, uh, sanctification, right? We're just on that process. And like you said, enjoy the process. Um but I, I, I did want to point out, like, it's interesting listening to you describe that. And thanks for sharing that, by the way. Mm-hmm. But you said, I'm, uh, I'm doing, like, everything in my life is going to be difficult. Is that, yeah, is pretty that much. Yeah. But that, that statement can be true, right? Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's the same thing as, like, me calling myself a realist. But where is it coming from? Is it coming from a place of negativity? Or mm-hmm. is it coming from just more of, like, a fact or, like, oh, yeah, I that's a way I'm gifted. I could use that for this. Right. So mm-hmm. everything's in, in my life is going to be difficult and I'm going to suffer and it's going to be horrible versus everything's in, in my life is going to be difficult because God's shaping me for something else in the future that this is going to help me. You know, so there's the same statement could be like actually a calling you forward or it can be like a total anchor. Right? Definitely. So definitely. It's, it's not the statement itself. Right. Yeah, definitely. Maybe that's what your mom was trying to tell you. You got to look at it through the point of God really cares about your character. So he's giving you all these opportunities to build your character. I, yeah. I must have been some jacked up fool because if it's everything is like that, then there's a lot that needed to be worked on and still needs to be worked on. But I, I think the cool thing I will say, you know, I always appreciate you guys, you know, giving me um, props or just encouragement when it comes to the middle school group. But a, a piece of what I do feel like a lot of these things prepare me for, part of it is this. Mm. And so I think that's why I take this responsibility and opportunity with such high regard because mm. it's like a lot of the things in my life, I feel like at a certain point I was like, well, what is this amounting to? Mm-hmm. Right? I trust that God does stuff for a reason. And so for a long time, it's like, I'm not experiencing the reason in, in any form or fashion. So I, that's why I'm telling my mom, I don't want any more character. I need to start seeing some of this, this end process. The fruit. Yeah, the yeah. fruit. I was like, I'm running a marathon and there's no reward. Then that's tough. But I do feel like in, in the most, I would say handful of years, like I, I totally have seen ways that, that God has used some of those things and even when I've taken, you know, a misstep or I've fallen down and had to get back up, like those things for where I'm at now. And so it's nice to be able to get some of that because it, it does just give you more hope and, and, and a desire to change and to grow and to face those difficult things when you are able to receive some of the other end. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I look back and, you know, it's hard to say that, oh yeah, I would, I wouldn't change anything. And I would, (laughs) I would, but the fact that, you know, God does have purpose Mm. is the thing that, you know, I have to hold on to. He can redeem, redeem that, right? Like the change that he has 
even you know bringing redemption or um bringing victory to certain things is like okay no that's worth more than mm. even if i were to be able to go back and change it it's like then i i don't think i would exp- okay that gets into hypotheticals but just experiencing what god does have yeah i think another thing that this highlights is just the power of our voices and the opportunity for us to either give blessings or curses to people right and so it really brings or even to ourselves or, right or to yeah. ourselves yeah but for me as a dad, I feel like that's something that has really been highlighted recently is, you know, my words carry weight with my kids, mm. right? And so kind of like we talked about earlier, sometimes my kids will be like, I'm so stupid. Mm. And it, it's like, oh, if they are starting to say that about themselves, they're coming into agreement with that. Like, I need to make sure I break that or, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe you, you made a mistake. That doesn't mean you're stupid. It means you made a mistake and that happened. Or, you know, correcting it so it doesn't come into agreement and become part of their identity mm. right and so i think in in some of those ways we can be very intentional and we should be very intentional about what words we're using to when we talk to other people or talk to ourselves about it so that we aren't giving the enemy that foothold mm. right and so we are allowing the blessing to flow and not not the curse yeah i mean i don't know if you want to go down this direction but it's it's a it's a big, um, I don't know what the right word is. It's, I don't want to say it's a weight for parents, but it's, it's a responsive, it's a big responsibility for parents, you know, that we have that opportunity to be a safeguard to help correct those kind of faulty thinkings, um, to not put that on our kids. So we shouldn't be the ones saying those things to them. But then as parents, like, if we haven't done it to, for ourselves and we haven't cleaned up our own stuff, it's probably going to leak out into the, how we mm. view them or say say things to them. So I know in, in our last uh, message, we had a special pastor from, from China that was there. And I just remember there was a part where he was calling out parents like, you got to step up and you have to you got to step into your role as a parent. And it's funny because I asked my oldest son, he was in the mess. He was in the service. I asked him, "What'd you think about the message?" And he, he just said, "And he was calling out the parents like a <laughs> bunch of times." I'm like, "I know." And so it, it gave us a chance to talk. And I said, "Yeah, as parents, it's our we have a heavy or a heavy burden or a big responsibility to parent you well, and we don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be lax and just let you kind of just figure it out on your own because that's not healthy for you, and that you're gonna it could lead you to a lot of bad places. But I don't want to be overbearing." either because then you might rebel or you know there's a there's a place in the middle and i I told him i said do you realize that mom and mom and i have a big responsibility and it's hard we don't it's hard to do and he goes he just goes yeah you have to walk a fine line so it's like a a moment of awe for awareness i'm like now you see how hard it is you're like give me some grace then i know so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull that out i I got that in my back pocket so that's for a future day but uh but i know i thought it was like it's it was uh, hopefully it was a wake up call for parents. Like it's, it's, it's a big responsibility. Mm. Yeah. And that, that might be one of the changes that, mm. that we need to start thinking about and processing is, is are the things that I'm doing and it could be as a parent or it could be as a friend. It could mm-hmm. be as a son or a daughter. It could mm-hmm. just be in any of our relationships. It could be just be in relationship to myself. Are the things that I'm doing, the the words that I'm saying, the thoughts that I'm thinking, do those need to change mm-hmm. for me to live a flourishing life that God has called for, called me for? And so I think some of those things are, hopefully this episode is kind of stirring the water mm-hmm. and getting us to start thinking about some of those things and maybe some of the ways that maybe the enemy has had some footholds in us that we weren't aware of before. Because Brett, you were saying before we started recording that you can know your identity, but you at some point you have to be about it. You have yep. to do something about it, right? Yeah, I, I think I probably say that too much to the point where people think that <laughs> that's my thing. It's not. It's it's it is a thing out there, and I just I just really like it. But I I, I think that's where the the whole head and the heart, mm. right? Like it's. It's got to become something that 
convicts us or resonates us resonates with us so deeply that it compels us to live it out and i think that's a a big call for us as believers is like one way that we spread the gospel one way that we live out our, our faith is not keeping it to ourselves the ways that we live our lives are seen by others right and so i think in 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 the big picture that's what the whole be about it is is like it's got to be a part of our life or else what what good is it to a certain degree yeah and the knowing part is only that's a that's a part of it Mm -hmm. but that in itself it doesn't lead it to like fullness yeah 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 i think that's one thing that i really appreciated about the special message that we had this past sunday is that it's coming up from a place Mm -hmm. from a person who lives it, you know, and he's seen lots of persecution for his faith and he's still living it. And so it was funny because we were talking about it earlier while we were eating lunch about how he's so (laughs) passionate about, you know, in his sermon, he's like screaming the whole time, but it's coming from that place of deep passion Mm -hmm. and deep, like I've lived this. And so I have authority to speak this and to, and to, encourage and kind of call it out of of you because i've lived it and and i really appreciate that about him and about the message that he shared with us is that it's coming from a place it's not just someone saying you guys need to do this even though my life doesn't reflect that i i I just think it's good for you guys to do it but he's calling it out from a place of i've lived this out i've lived out my faith and it's good and i'm calling i want you guys to live that out too i mean yeah, I I echo that, and I mean he's definitely about that life. Like he's for for anyone to be able to say that, you know, he's someone that can. But it makes me think about like I used to wear that bracelet WWJD, and I used to think like kind of like being a a, a smart butt kid. <laughs> well, I'm not Jesus, so I can't do what he did, right? But it's more like Jesus talk the talk and he walked the walk. Mm -hmm. And if we're supposed to be like Jesus, Mm -hmm. then we got to talk the talk and walk the walk too, right? Like Jesus didn't tell people something and then be like, but I don't have to, right? He came to this earth to show us Mm -hmm. and he was about it. And so it's like, it's a high, it's a high calling and it's a high standard, but you know, God, God has so much for us in that. All right. I, I wanted to give everybody a shout out because today's actually a special episode. Do you know what today's episode oh, is? Oh, yeah. You told me this earlier. Do you know, Brett? I don't. This is actually our 100th episode. Oh. <laughs> so it is a milestone episode for us, hitting number 100. So we just wanted to say thank you to all everyone that's listened out there. We appreciate everybody and for all the encouraging words that you guys have given to us to uh, encourage us to keep going. It's been a, a great journey so far and we've really been enjoying it not not just to get to a finish line but we've been enjoying the journey and and you know we're looking forward to continuing to um, just share the things that God has been teaching us and inviting others to come on and and share what God's been showing to them and really just walking out our faith with each other as a as a church family so we just really appreciate everyone out there and uh yeah it's been really good and our, our fourth chair is empty today. That's not a slight on anybody. We just had so many worthy candidates. Like, who could we bring on and then not make make somebody else feel bad? <laughs> so we had to leave it open for this 100th episode, but we'll get some new voices on here soon. Kyle, I think it's a 100th episode. I think it's time for us to get a new contract, rewrite our contract, and see what <laughs> so see what we can get. <laughs> I, think, I think Brett needs to do the next one. This is Brett, and I got Damon and Kyle here today. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's my 100th episode. It's not your guys' oh, 100th true. episode. That's true. Yet. Oh, so, man. We don't so get a new contract yet. It's not yet. time for a new contract yet. <laughs> but we did. Uh, there is an update. We I did talk oh, to Brett's yes, mom. Yes, and she, I was there. She will be coming on the next time that she's in town and has a little bit of time. This time her... Her last trip was a little bit quick turnaround, so she wasn't able to make it. But she will be coming on sometime in this in this 
in the future. And she said she has a word for us too, I think. Did she? Well, I heard she was saying like, I don't know what I would talk about. So if our listeners, if you have things that you would like hear, to hear Nancy talk about, oh, she, send dev- them over she definitely us. got something to talk about. Oh, I know she has plenty, but like we have to, <laughs> we just have to focus her on something. So if you have a topic that you'd like her to talk about, it, it might be um, character. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say it's about character. <laughs> I, I'm just going to put it out there that uh, that episode... Uh, you are going to be on with that one, right? Yeah. I'm, okay. Well, I'll be on, but it might, it might just be a lot less of me <laughs> on, on that episode. We'll, we'll see how that goes. It, I, I think it'll be good. There's lots fun. of uh-huh, uh-huh. Just like, yes, uh-huh. yes, mom. <laughs> yes, mom. You're right. <laughs> All right. And I I, I think, uh, you know, this being our 100th episode, just wanted to kind of reiterate what we're trying to do here is that we want, we want this uh, podcast to be a place to help everyone that's listening to be able to step into a flourishing life that God has for them. And what does that look like? It it looks like, you know, Paul's journey, Mm. right? Where he's able to do all things through Christ. All things is not just that he's able to do great things, but it's how he's able to live his life. He's able to live his life in little or with lots. He's able to live it in persecution or when things are all going his way. He's able to, you know, whatever circumstance it is, he's able to flourish. And that's really what a flourishing life is. And so, you know, hopefully this podcast can help everyone that's listening to experience that that when things are great, they're able to see God in it. When things are difficult, they're able to see God in it. And they're really able to experience the life that God has for them. So as always, until next time, may you experience God's heart for you to flourish in every season. Thanks for listening to the Engage to Flourish podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so that you don't miss any new content. You can also check out our sister podcast, Catalyst Stories, available on multiple platforms as well. We would also love for you to check out our church. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Stanford Middle School in Long Beach.